This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Coast and Oster Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys, episode 16. It is our Christmas special. It's our look at the upcoming Week 16 games across the NFL, and uh, in this episode, we'll cover our regular weekly picks. Also get to some news of the week as well, but first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator, Atridge. What's up, Andy? Uh, Merry Christmas, Matty. Merry Christmas to you too, buddy. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, doing very well here. Um, taking a look at last week's picks, uh, we ended up going 10-4-1 uh, against the spread, uh, which wasn't too bad. You know, hitting double-digit wins two weeks in a row in this year's betting climate, is uh, it's pretty good. So anyway, hopefully Santa will be good to us this week as well. Um, not sure if you've noticed, but there is not one line on the board, actually with one exception that just happened today, um, that's a field goal or less. So big spreads, uh, which to me translates into some good betting opportunities. Anyway, I'm excited about this week's Christmas episode, so let's have some fun. You know, I always usually spank my monkey at Christmas, but I never thought about the pork and beans. That's cool. <laughs> now, Andy, just before we get to our weekly picks, we've got to touch on that bullshit that happened last week during the Steelers-Pats game. I don't care what anyone says. That was a catch. But all the pundits this week are saying that it was the right call, but it's a stupid rule. So let's have a look at the official NFL rulebook. Rule 23, Section 2, Paragraph B states, When you're in the fourth quarter and your team is playing the Patriots, all calls that are of a close nature must be decided in favor of the Patriots and the NFL golden boy, Tom Brady. So thus, the pundits are right. That was the correct call, but that's a stupid rule. Well, it wasn't only the, uh, the pundits, but Eli Manning came out strongly in favor of the rule. I'm not really sure why. Um, I, I understand the rule, and I know that they made the right call. Um, but there was an old adage that Mike Holmgren used to say. He goes, if 20 guys are sitting in a bar watching a game and a fumble occurs and 20 guys think it's a fumble, it's probably a fumble. It's probably so, a fumble. You bet. So this this particular catch, just you know, to not call it a completion, to not pass the eye test, and obviously there's some people pissed off uh, in Steel Town and well, what um, I find interesting, anyway. too, is the hypocrisy of the rule. If that's a running back and he's reaching over the goal line, yeah. once the ball breaks the plane, it's a touchdown, and it doesn't matter if it comes out of his hands, the ball has broken the plane. Right. Obviously, the receiver was in possession of the ball as he was going over, but the ground can't cause a fumble, but apparently the ground can cause an incompletion. It just, it's an asinine rule. And, and and also uh, dropping the ball as Derek Carr uh, in the end zone can also cause a safety. Even though the other team didn't even touch the ball, they get possession of it back. So, so explain to me the wisdom in that. And I know we've seen that particular play about three times this year. Um, I think I think the officiating play of the week was in that Dallas game where they pulled out the index card yeah. to determine a first down. <laughs> and folded it in half. Like, Jesus Christ, we've got technology that some fascinating things. Just put a microchip in the ball. Did it make it? Didn't it? I don't know. They do it in tennis. They do. All I got to uh, say is I think the NFL Rules Committee this summer needs to collectively get together, put both hands on their knees, and pull so that their heads can come right out of their ass. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, anyway, let's get to, uh, let's get to our, our weekly picks. Yeah, let's Maddie. fire it up. It's time for our weekly picks. All right, Matty, um, the very first Christmas present that we got from Santa this week was the fact that there is no Thursday game. Yay! So, um, not only does Woody get a week off, but uh, we are safe from having to watch another embarrassing, unentertaining uh, matchup between two teams that generally suck. So, 
Um, thanks, Santa. Christmas in Baltimore. Hey, you know it's gonna be great. Christmas in Baltimore. Keeping it real. Keeping it right. Staying up late on New Year's Eve night. All right, Saturday's game. It's Christmas in Baltimore. Indianapolis showing up to be more and Baltimore 13 and a half point favorites at home. Yeah. The Colts versus Baltimore. It still, still sounds a little weird. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be uh, getting some moving trucks in the middle of the night and moving the Colts uh, <laughs> from city B to city A, but this line, they're just daring us to take the Ravens. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I. It, I think this go. It, I think this is a bit high. I think this is a bit high. I know the Ravens are playing for a playoff spot. Uh, Joe Flacco has been playing so inconsistently this season that you're not sure which one's going to show up. Yeah, saying um, Joe Flacco is inconsistent is like saying water's wet. It's like that every yeah. year. Except one thing that you can depend on is that is that defense showing up, and they're very opportunistic. They'll probably have some good spots against the Colts. Um, I'm not, yeah. I, <laughs> it's not like you have to go out and bet every game, but we do pick every game. Yeah. And with this double-digit spread being that close to a touchdown, I, I, I'm going with the underdog here. Yeah, if these two teams had any consideration for NFL fans at all, uh, they'd play this game in the middle of the night just like they moved. Uh, <laughs> then we wouldn't have to waste a perfectly good Saturday watching these two bottom feeders duke it yeah. out. These two yeah, teams are right. so shitty that this game could be broadcast during the Special Olympics. But do you recall the most famous packer of all? Minnesota uh, going into Green Bay. It's an NFC Norris matchup in Green Bay. Nine-point dogs. And this spread, I don't think it's as tough for the uh, Vikes as uh, the last one was. No. Um, you have to go back to the year 2000 before Minnesota was favored at Lambeau. Um, Rodgers, obviously, is not playing. Um, which, from a line movement perspective, is interesting. Because I, before we knew that that was confirmed... Um, this line, I think, had Green Bay as uh, a half-point favorite. So wow. you're, basically, you're basically slapping 10 points on them. And, you know, Brett Hundley in his last couple games started to look pretty good. The thing I don't like about, uh, about the Packers' chances here is that Devontae Adams is still in uh, concussion protocol. And really, at this point in the season, with no chance of making the playoffs, what's the point in, in risking uh, further injury to him? So I, I don't... I don't foresee him being in the lineup, but nine points at Lambeau. You know, this Minnesota team was was built for turf to play indoors. They're they're yeah. fast, they're quick, and I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball well. Kyle, won't you guide my slate tonight? Rudolph uh, may have a big day in the flat, but uh, nine points is uh, it's it's a tall order to do at Lambeau in December. I'm picking the Packers. Yeah, everyone looks good against the Bungles. Like, damn, even my Bears beat them down. Uh, that being said, the Vikes do look good, and Keenum has been a great development for a team that was in desperate need of a quarterback solution. But I'm with you. It's very tough uh, for a team to go into Lambeau and, um, and put up those kind of numbers, uh, especially in the cold. It's not like Green Bay's defense is all injured as well. They got some great players still, and they played pretty well against... Uh, against Carolina last week. So I'm with you, man. I, I, I think Minnesota wins it on the money line, but that's too much of a spread for the Vikes to cover. I'm with you on that. I'm taking the Packers as well. Excellent. That just made me, made me sick to my stomach. I might need, <laughs> I might need some gravel after that take. Uh, well, let's move along to Sunday's lineup. That happened because it's Christmas Eve, I'm telling you. I'm not crazy. It's Christmas Eve. It's, it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer we 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 smile a little easier we 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 cheer a little more for a couple of hours out of the whole year we are the people that we always hoped we would be 
It's a miracle. It's really a sort of a miracle because it happens every Christmas Eve. And if you waste that miracle, you're going to burn for it. I know what I'm talking about. You have to do something. You have to take a chance. You do have to get involved. There are people that are having, having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people that don't have enough to eat. There are people that are cold. You can go out and say hello to these people. You can take an old blanket out of the closet and say, here, you can make them a sandwich and say, oh, by the way, here. I get it now. And if you, if you give, then, you, then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's, it's everybody who's got to have this miracle. And it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you, the miracle will happen and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You've just got to want that feeling. And if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. You'll want it every day of your life and it can happen to you. I, don't, I believe in it now. I believe it's going to happen to me now. I'm ready for it. And uh, it's great. It's a good feeling. It's, it's really better than I've felt in a long time. All right. Uh, what is that? The Dolphins, uh, they're traveling to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. But do you recall the most heartbreaking QB of all? Cutler, the would-be QB, keeps falling in the defense's trap. And if you ever saw him, you would say he plays like Technically, Miami still has a shot at the playoffs. Technically. And la- technically. And last Although they they're two and a half the- point dogs here. <laughs> well, that and that's that's my point. Like KS, or KC shows up for one game and then against a division opponent, they win and then okay, they're now double digit favorites. Um no, last they checked. Uh, Miami soundly beat the reigning Super Bowl champs less than two weeks ago. And, yeah, as I say, the Chargers, you know, they lost at Arrowhead, but Phillip Rivers throwing three INTs, you're probably not going to – you know, Jay Cutler's bad, but he's not that bad. Um, I think Indomitian Sue is going to have his way with Alex Smith, and I look for this game to stay within a touchdown. Hey, Matty, guess what? What's that? I heard that every time a bell rings – Jay Cutler throws a pick six. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> I can hear bells ringing all over the place, so that's, that's probably very true. Yeah. All right, yeah, you know what, uh, KC, I'm going to go against you here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say KC pulls it off. Well, yeah, it's... Uh... Like, I mean, uh, I just hate Jay Cutler. You know, like he's not on my Christmas card list. He's probably not on your Christmas card list, but he's no stranger to playing in the cold. Last I checked, there's a few uh, chilly games down at Soldier Field. Um, so the fact that you got a team, quote unquote, from Florida coming to Arrowhead, that's not going to mean too much. No. And you know what, though? Uh, I, I heard the, a rumor that Jay Cutler, he can never get his Christmas cards to be sent to the right people because every time he puts one in the mail, it gets intercepted by another person. Andy, the redhead QB, had a very nervous arm. It could be like a laser, a missile broadside of a bomb. All of the sports announcers used to laugh and call him names. They didn't think poor Andy would ever win a playoff game. All right, the Detroit Lions going into the Natty to play the Bungles. The Bungles, four-and-a-half-point dogs at home. What say you about that, Andy? The cat game. The cat game. Yeah. You know what? Detroit really didn't look that. (laughs) They didn't look really good against your Bears last week, and they were playing at home. Now, I guess, yeah, we all know that the Bungles had a rather poor showing against the Vikings, but I don't think they've given up. Um, AJ McCarron did come in at the end of the game and I got a feeling we might see him again since he can't stop the run. In fact, they're dead last 32nd in the league, which is fine because Detroit doesn't know how to run the ball. They haven't had a hundred yard rusher all season. I don't believe it's Barry Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Um, now knowing that this is probably Marvin Lewis's last game 
at home as their head coach. I think they play hard for him, and I'm taking the home team dogs, the Bengals here, plus four and a half. All right, now we move to uh, the golden team and the golden boy, New England, and they are at home against the Buffalo Bills. New England, 11 and a half point favorites, continuing this trend of massive spreads. Yeah, yourself. A merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our trouble will be out of sight. Through years, we all will be together. If the fates allow. Top of the virus. I think something, something. Wow. <laughs> well, this is an exciting time to be a Bills fan. They are in the playoff hunt, and it's December. Holding the longest playoff drought in all major North American sports, um, the Bills can almost taste a game in January. They haven't been to the playoffs since 1999. And just to put that in perspective, Tyrod Taylor was 10 years old. Vladimir Putin had just become the president of Russia, and Bill Clinton was just acquitted of perjury and obstruction of justice. Now, couple that with the fact that the Bills be looking for some revenge against Gronk, against his vicious hit to Traverius White the last time these two teams met up. In fact, there was a tweet that went out, and in his words, the whole hood want him. I think uh, I think the bill I think the Bills uh, cover here. I really do. I'm with you. I think uh, Buffalo is going to come out and play hard. New England hasn't been blowing teams out as usual, and Tom Brady is looking like a mere mortal. And speaking of Brady, another weird story out of the land of the Pats, uh, according to ESPN. And let me uh, read this verbatim. The New England Patriots have stripped Tom Brady's trainer of various team privileges, widening speculation of a rift between the trainer and coach Bill Belichick, according to a report in the Boston Globe. The trainer, Alex Guerrero, is a close friend of Brady's as well as a business partner who helped launch the TB12 Center, where Brady and several other Patriot players have trained and received treatment since it opened in 2013. According to the Globe, Guerrero who has an office near the Patriots' locker room in Gillette Stadium, is no longer permitted to treat players other than Brady in the office. He is also reportedly banned from boarding Patriots' jets and has his sideline access revoked. The hoodie Uh, going off, eh? That's weird, man. That's a weird story. Because this is the guy that basically put Tom on his avocado and quinoa diet to uh, allow him to play until he's about 96 years old. And I just don't understand. I don't understand the wisdom in this. Why? Why disrupt things when they're going well? Like you know yeah. what Tom Brady looks like in FU mode, but that's when the league is against him, and yeah. he takes it out on the opposing defense. When is his own coach, his best friend? Apparently, I don't know. Like, well, this could this could be a, a uh, this could be a turning point in uh, in Patriots lore, if you will. The Brady and Belichick have had this kind of symbiotic relationship and they've been Mm -hmm. very good together. And Brady never comes out, says anything against Belichick and vice versa. Belichick doesn't say anything bad about Brady. But here, this kind of a schism can translate not just to personal hard feelings, but this can follow follow Brady out onto the field. And you got to wonder too, Brady hasn't played super awesome the last couple weeks either. And you got to wonder if some of this personal stuff is getting in the way. Uh, he said schism. Schism. Jism. I want, I want to play the sluts in Vegas. Uh, yeah, I don't know what much more to say. I don't think that that's going to help um, Brady's efforts on the field. I think it'll probably overshadow some other things. So, you know, 11 and a half points. Uh, the last three trips Buffalo has made to Gillette Stadium, they've, they've won straight up two of them. So... Uh, big spread. I like the Bills here. Yeah, well, here's what we got to say about that. Go Bills. Keep this up and we'll draft second. Fail, 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 fail. 
Every game we watch the wreckage fail, 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 fail. As fans we wear our bears apparel fail, 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 fail. To save my mind I sing these carols fail, 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 fail. My bears at home against the Cleveland Browns and the Bears six and a half point favorites at Soldier Field. And uh, Andy, what do you think my team's chances are of helping Cleveland run the table in reverse? Well, I realize that this is our Christmas special and not our Halloween special. But I'm going to put out some numbers that are a little bit spooky. John Fox, first off, is 0-6 as the Bears head coach straight up when they're favored against anyone, anywhere. His record on Christmas Eve games is 0-2. Now, not a big sample size and probably not even noteworthy. Well, let's go to the other side of the field. Hugh Jackson is 2-34 straight up as an NFL head coach. His record on Christmas Eve, 2-0. Yes, the only day of the year that he has ever put up a W is December 24th. Which, by the way, is the day that this game will be played. If I were to say something nice about the Browns, it would be that their defense is pretty good against the run. In fact, they are only one of seven teams that allow less than 100 rushing yards per game. If they can take that away from Howard and Cohen, the Bears aren't left with too many receiving options to get the ball down the field. At this point, I think that Cleveland has conceivably already found every single way possible to not cover a spread. And I think that they look to do something a little different here this week. I am holding my nose and taking the Browns. You know, I don't know if you and I can be friends anymore. (laughs) Um, Because you're right, they are pretty good against the run. But uh, I've got a kid that just turned five today. And I could Mm -hmm. put him out wide. And I bet you he could make plays against the Browns secondary. I mean, and John Fox, I agree, he's garbage. He couldn't spell cat if you spotted him the C and the A. I don't know how he ever got himself a ring. But that being said, the Bears aren't going to roll over for this. I think they know they're playing for some pride here because to be beat by the Browns um, while they are putting the big offer up this year, that would be a very, very uh, demoralizing thing to happen to the team. Uh, Plus... I know that they can try to take away Cohen and Howard, but that's easier said than done because of one thing, and that's the Bears' offensive line. The Bears haven't got a quarterback or receivers, but goddamn, their offensive line is excellent, especially running the ball. Um, I think that the Bears come out on top of this. I think they win by 10 points or more. Well, I am um, a Bears fan, though, so you may want to put a caveat there if you're listening to me. And just for the record, I didn't necessarily say that Cleveland was going to win outright. I just like them to cover that spread, so... Maybe we'll uh, we'll both be happy at the end of the day. All right, we can we can get back to repairing our friendship then. Okay. Are you looking for that last minute Christmas buy for the Carolina Panthers fan in your life? Is your wallet lighter than Odell Beckham Jr.'s after he gets fined by the NFL? We have the perfect gift for you from Sports Channel Eight, the makers of ACC Carols. It's the hottest new holiday album, A Very Panther Christmas, Volume Fourteen Zero. Your favorite seasonal songs are mixed with that Carolina football sauce we all know and love to give you the perfect playlist to help keep the Christmas spirit undefeated in your house this holiday season. You'll enjoy classics like these. Oh, Camster Down Pats went floating, and I'm all for riverboating. But since we've nine yards to go, Graham Gano, Graham Gano, Graham Gano. It's beginning to look a lot like Funches does know how to play. Tap the halls when you score touchdowns. La 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 la. A Very Panther Christmas Volume 14-0 has all the Panther songs you'll want to listen to when you can't use watching the Carolina game as an excuse to cut away from family time over the holidays. All right, the Carolina Panthers, uh, they're 10-point favorites at home to the visiting Bucks. And before we get to the game, I've got to ask, just how freaking cool is Cam Newton? Uh, last week, both he and Clay Matthews were mic'd up, 
and uh, the Panthers in the red zone, and this exchange took place. Like, that is an amazing exchange. Here's Clay Matthews jumping out. Hey, let's have the wheel. It's going to be the wheel route. And Cam Newton, just cool as is, man. Like, James Dean style. Oh, you've been watching game film. Yeah, watch this. Boom. Touchdown. That is, uh, that is why I can listen to mic'd up players forever. <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty badass. And you know what? Um, sorry to all you Packers fans out there, but I think Clay Matthews Jr. is one of the most overrated defensive players in the league. Boom. Uh, Straight fire. Yeah, but <laughs> I agree with you, by the way. Anyway, back to this 10 point spread. That's just too many points in a divisional game. It is. You know, Tampa Bay showed us on Monday that they still got a bit of fight left them, left in them, rather, and would love to play a spoiler to the Panthers. If it weren't for a couple of questionable coaching calls, they probably could have beaten the Falcons outright. Now, some say that Carolina's playing with swagger, quote unquote. Personally, I think they're a bunch of cocky bastards. They're getting a little ahead of themselves. They are probably a little giddy, knowing that P. Diddy, Steph Curry, and Colin Kaepernick might own the team next year. They're playing well, but not double-digit divisional covering well. Picking the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks last week against uh, the Falcons, who I think are a much better team than the Panthers, uh, played them very tight. And you couple that with the fact that the Panthers this year, yeah, they've been winning, but they haven't been blowing teams out at all. They've been uh, playing a lot of close games. I think Carolina uh, or Tampa Bay is able to keep it close. Carolina may win this on the money line, but there's no way they're winning this by more than 10. Well, let's move along to the uh, other NFC South game, and that would be Atlanta uh, playing in New Orleans. New Orleans are minus six-point favorites. This is the second time in three weeks that these two teams have met up. Um, and the last time, the Falcons were actually the beneficiaries of nine Saints penalties that resulted in first downs. Both teams are playing right now, and both have the division title in their crosshairs. I can sort of picture either team winning this right now, meaning that anything more than the field goal is an inflated spread. I'm liking the team that probably should have won last Super Bowl 10 months ago. Let's go with the Falcons. Yeah, this is going to be a shootout for sure. You got uh, two quarterbacks who like to throw the ball at all levels of the field, short, medium, and long. Um, the defenses on both teams are playing pretty well, though, um, so I agree with you. I think that uh, this is a three-point game, and anybody that tries to tell you otherwise has been smoking opium in, uh, in a den for the last six months. Yeah, this is one of those games where whoever has the ball last probably wins. It's the Washington Redskins Go F*** Yourself Holiday Special. Now when people hear the name Redskins, they will immediately think titties and bows. It's just a bold new way that we can say we don't fucking care. All right, the Washington professional football team, three-point favorites at home against the visiting Denver Broncos. Yeah, this... This is a tough one. Denver laid a pounding on the Colts last week on Thursday, which is really something that you need to take a number for now. But <laughs> they proved not only that they can win on the road, but Brock Osweiler is not the worst quarterback in the world. No, Brock Osweiler did pretty damn well. Yeah, throwing up 25 uh, coming off the bench. With Kirk Cousins. Actually, no. Was he coming off the bench? No, he started that he game. He started Forgive that me. game, yeah. Uh, but with you know Kirk Cousins, he's going to be free agent at the end of the season. Um and no longer give me go to the Niners. So, and he doesn't need to prove anyone to the league. Everyone knows he's a great quarterback. Yep. Um, the last thing he wants to do is is leave the field on a stretcher. Um, he'll you, you got you got to imagine that's going to keep him in mind. Now that being said, this this actually opened up at uh, two, uh, sorry rather three and a half, and it's now come down to three. And to be quite honest, I was sort of leaning towards the Broncos um, catching those uh, that hook on the field goal. But right now at minus three, I, I just I think Washington, even though they're banged up, is just simply a better team. Throw them at home um, on Christmas Day, yeah, or on Christmas Eve, yeah. That, I, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, Christmas Eve in Washington. This will be a little bit of a gift for Redskins fans, I think. Uh. I think Washington does a great job here. And, and not only that, Denver did play well, but it was against the Colts. And like you said, people are taking a number for that. Um, 
I definitely agree with you that uh, the Redskins and Kirk Cousins. I know he's not playing like everybody knows he's a good quarterback, but hey, never hurts to put up some good numbers either, especially when everybody's watching on Christmas Eve, right? No, but what I'm what I'm concerned about is that okay, well maybe it's third and five, and he, you know it opens up in the middle. Is he going to really? Is he going to rush for it? Dive no. head first, get the first down. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, I mean, that's a normal instinct for a quarterback to do, but I think he's going to be more cognizant of just keeping himself healthy, knowing that they're not making the playoffs. Oh, from what I see now, that'll cut through the murkiest storm they can dish up. What I'm trying to say is, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? All right, we head to Tennessee, where the Titans are at home against the super-hot L.A. Rams. And Tennessee are seven-point underdogs at home. But uh, I honestly don't know if this is going to be a hard spread for the, for the surging Rams to cover. Well, a lot, of, a lot of people are talking about them as being the best team in the league right now. Um, I would certainly concur that they're the most well-rounded team in the league. Uh, playing well in defense, offense, and special teams. There was, if you go back to last week's game, there was about three or four plays uh, in Seattle where Todd Gurley literally looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. It seems like every week the Rams have more toys to play with than Santa's little elves up at the North Pole. Based on the way the Titans have played this past month, this should be a cakewalk for McVeigh and the Rams, who technically could uh, miss out winning the division if they lose both remaining games and Seattle wins out. Speaking of Todd Gurley, the Titans are ranked third in the league against the run. They are probably the most undeserving team sitting in a playoff spot right now, but I think they realize that, and they probably want to make a statement before the end of the regular season. I think they picked this week to make such a statement. I'm, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans, and here's just... To add a little more fuel to the fire, Greg Zerline, it was announced last night, the Rams' place kicker is now on the IR. This won't have a dramatic effect on the outcome, but when the line is sitting at a key number at like seven, we'll take every little advantage we can. So my official pick is the Titans. Well, for only the second time this week, I'm going to have to go against you on this, but I, I really have a hard time going against the Rams. As uh, Well, first of all, you mentioned Todd Gurley. Uh, he reminds me of a certain other Ram that uh, is now in the Hall of Fame, or he's playing like it anyway, like Marshall Falk. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he can't beat you on the ground with a pure running play, he's going to get out into the flats, make some guys miss, and make plays there. Not yeah. only that, sure, take away the run. I mean, Jared Goff has a lot of weapons in the pass game. Uh, I think that this gets out of hand before the half, in my opinion. I, I, I'm going with the Rams. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Say it! Oh, let's go! That was, of course, the boss, Mr. Springsteen himself. This week in his hometown in New Jersey will be the Chargers of L.A. Visiting East Rutherford will be facing the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, the Jets are sitting at uh, six-and-a-half-point dogs right now. They have been a point-spread covering machine at home. And, in fact, we've been on the right side of a lot of that this year. Uh, They've been playing really hard for 60 minutes in every single game this season. Now, the Chargers lost a really important divisional game last week at Arrowhead, um, meaning that they are still in the playoff hunt, but probably not likely unless they win out. So you've got Bryce Petty starting for the Jets. I've got two names for you, Matty. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, two defensive ends that are going to have a field day. I like the Chargers to cover a pretty big number on the road with their season on the line this week. You know what? Like uh, the Chargers definitely are winning this game on the money line, but you are so right about the Jets being a spread covering machine. They have been awesome this year, playing teams tight. They're playing hard, and they look like they're on the rise for the next couple years. But yeah, I will give you this as well: the Chargers needing to win out. I think that that adds a little bit more fuel to their fire. Uh, they're going to be playing hard. 
I, I agree with you. The Chargers should cover this spread. If the Chargers won in the playoffs, how about this? They'd better cover this spread. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think I think the Jets have only failed to cover the spread once at home this year. And their fans have every right to be excited about next season. But, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to fault them if they lose at home to the Bolts. So, um, Merry Christmas, uh, L.A. Chargers. Christmas once again in San Francisco There is not a chance that it will snow The 49ers playing in a cool breeze Back east it's 10 degrees below Your San Francisco 49ers, four-point underdogs against the Saxonville Jaguars. Now, before we get into this game, I do want to say a very interesting stat here. Hugh Jackson, as coach of the Browns, has two wins in the last two seasons. Jimmy G, the next mayor of San Francisco, is uh, he's won three games straight as a starter. Five in total. Uh, well, three games has started for the Niners, and the then Niners yeah, and go, two going back two, two wins the, uh, of the Patriots. Yeah, that's correct. So he's never lost a game that he started in. No, I think that's a re- I think that's an NFL record in five games. Is it not? Um, yeah, probably is. Yeah, probably is. I think uh, Dak started pretty good last season, he but I, uh, I mean, they got their hands full this week. Jacksonville is an amazing defense. This is where you're really going to see what Jimmy G's made of, because if he can pick apart the Jacksonville Jaguars D you really wow. got something going on right yeah I uh you know after three consecutive wins I've been uh, looking a little more into his background you know he pl- played at Eastern Illinois which is where Tony Romo played but I went on Wikipedia and it shows that he was born uh quite a few years ago uh in a manger in a place called Bethlehem <laughs> I'm not sure if that was Bethlehem Pennsylvania but other men want to be him, and other women want to be with him. Now, speaking of the nativity, um, Robbie was gold last week with six field goals on six attempts. Uh, perhaps this week they can get a couple extra gifts from the Magi with some frankincense and myrrh. Maybe they play well against Jacksonville. If they do, watch out. But, but, Jacksonville's playing really, really well. Best defense um, in the league. Best defense in the league, and to be quite honest, uh, the 49ers have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and they're going to get, Saxonville is going to get to Jimmy G, and I, I only hope that they, they don't ruin that little pretty face of his, because he's going to be the new face of our team for a while. Um, this line isn't, I don't think it's high enough. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but if uh, if you're asking for my professional opinion on the game, uh, it'd be hard to go against Jacksonville on the spot. I agree about the line too, man. Uh, like as a, as a, just a guy like me who's gambling a lot, I would have put the spread here at like six and a half, seven and a half points somewhere in there for uh, San Francisco. What do you think? Well, I, obviously it comes down to the recency effect um, with, with three straight wins, three straight wins. How are you going to put, and four of the last five, um, if you go uh, previous to their bye week, and so really, how do you put that line much, you know, much above a touchdown when they're playing at home? Yeah, so, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are, I don't know, man. I think that, well, line's, I think that line, where would you put that line? I'd, you know, I'd, I'd probably throw it at six and a half. Yeah, that sounds I wouldn't quite right make me. the touchdown. Like Blake Bortles is actually looking like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, we, we uh, cannot say that Blake Bortles sucks anymore. You just can't. The mm-hmm. guy is... He's playing well, too well, and he's not. He's playing. Not only is he playing well, he's playing mistake-free football. I think the last seven games it is that he hasn't thrown an interception. That's amazing, right? So <laughs> yeah, I, you yeah. can't really say he sucks because you know I say Joe Flacco sucks, and when I put Blake Bortles beside Joe Flacco, Blake Bortles looks like Joe fucking Montana. So yeah, it's Blake Bortles. He doesn't suck anymore. And I'm with you, man. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, cover this spread. Yeah, I uh, I hope we're both wrong, but that's that's got to be the official pick. I really can't remember Dallas in December without you. Carol. 
on the radio. All the well, the Seattle Shithawks, uh, they need to win out. And they are in Dallas. And uh, Dallas is actually favored uh, four and a half points at home. Dallas actually needs to win out as well, too, uh, to make the playoffs. Fortunately for them, Zeke is back in the saddle again for the Cowboys, which should finally put a smile on Jerry Jones's face. Santa? What? Don't forget the Grinch. I know he's mean and hairy and smelly. His hands might be cold and clammy. But I think he's actually kind of sweet. Sweet! You don't think he's sweet? Merry Christmas, Santa. Pro Bowl selections have been made this week, and Dallas has three offensive linemen that have now been invited. Um, not that any team is as bad as their last outing, but Seattle's deficiencies were conspicuously exposed by the Rams last week. They got handed one of their worst losses in team's history. Uh, now, despite missing six games, Zeke only needs 212 more rushing yards to make 1,000 for the season. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. He's Well, he's well-rested. He should be firing on all cylinders, which will also take pressure off of Dak and probably take double coverage off of Dez. I'm picking the Cowboys. I'm with you on that. I think uh, a lot of the Pete Carroll magic has uh, evaporated in Seattle, and the Rams showed last week that all you have to do is just not let Russell Wilson beat you because the rest of the team won't. There's 11 guys on that offense, but there's only one guy that's going to beat you, and if you can take him away, they are done. I think the Cowboys win this Well, if if Seattle does manage to pull out a W here in Big D – uh, Russell Wilson should definitely be the MVP of the season because yes, no doubt. <laughs> like Tom, you can talk about Tom Brady all you want, but at least he's got a surrounding cast and an offensive line. But um, Russell's been playing pretty well. Arizona, Arizona, Arizona rocks. Arizona rocks and Arizona trails. Vlogging and hiking and climbing up hills. Now the monitoring has begun. We're at our last Sunday game. The G-Men going into Arizona in the desert. Arizona, three and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, it was it, Arizona is sort of in a precarious position in that their last 30 points have come off the foot of Phil Dawson. All field goals going back three games. And then you got Eli, who tossed for over 400 yards last week against a pretty good Philadelphia defense. What the hell was that? That was I don't know. I just bizarre. I kind of thought they'd be mailing it in. They're not. At first, I thought the spread was a little high. And then I considered the fact that I don't know for sure. I don't think it's been announced yet. But this is probably Larry Fitzgerald's last home game in the NFL. Um, he is third all-time in receiving yards. He's 13th all-time in receiving touchdowns, and his 17.6 yards per reception is good for eighth on that list. And you know that they're going to be looking for him to get the ball. In fact, they, um, they're they benching uh, Blaine Gabbert in favor of uh, Stanton, so he's going to be playing, but uh, they're just, they're just going to feed Larry the ball, and if they do that, they're going to be quite successful. So uh, I'm going to look... Uh, I'm going to look for this future Hall of Famer to light it up, and I'm picking the cards. They don't have white Christmases in Houston. I've lived here most of my life, and I should know. I prayed and I pleaded for way too many years, but they just don't have white Christmases down here. Okay, now we move to the Monday Nighter. It's going to be uh, a white Christmas in Houston. <laughs> uh, if they don't have any snow, they can always just do a bunch of cocaine. Houston is uh, nine and a half point dogs at home against the Steelers. It's not Miami going there. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah, Come on, it's man. Pittsburgh. Although, uh, from what I hear about the old school steel curtain, they, they sure <laughs> love the schnee. Uh, <laughs> not Hollywood Henderson style, but pretty close. No. Pittsburgh, uh, another primetime game for them. What's that, like three or four in a row? Uh, I think it's even more. I think four to last five have been primetime spots. Yeah. Which, yeah, everyone wants to see the Steelers, but 
Like, is that even fair to them? Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously, that last game was the most emotional one. Um, you know, thinking that they probably had won the game, and they didn't, or at least had the ability to tie the game, and then Ben kind of, I don't know, Shit the had bed. a brain fart. Well, he had a brain fart. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, it's unfortunate he had to throw his coach under the bus, yeah. cover it up. <laughs> but you can look back two weeks when they played, uh, you know, the Bengals game on Monday night, which probably was the most violent game I've seen all season. Um, now they're without Antonio Brown. Uh, another guy is in the MVP conversation. So they go on the road on on Christmas Day into Houston as nine and a half point favorites or nine point favorites, I guess it is. I, I yeah, I'm taking the home team dog and um, Pittsburgh generally plays down to the competition. Um, That's what I was going to say. Is I, yeah. I always feel that when Pittsburgh's got a big spread to beat, they rarely cover it because you're right, they do play down to the level of their competition, right? Yeah, and, then, and, and you yeah. couple that with the amount of stress they've had the last few weeks coming off a pretty tough loss in New England yeah. where they got hosed. Let's face it, they totally got hosed. Um, I'm with you. I think the Texans have a really good shot here at covering nine and a half points. Or you say nine points it is now? Uh, let me just double check here. Double uh, check that for the people check. considering it is nine. Wise, it's, guys, it, we, we want to get the almost spread. <laughs> it's the almost spread. So, and yeah, um, spoiler loop. Spoiler alert, both games on Monday are nine-point spreads. Nine points, right on. So speaking of the second Monday nighter, uh, Philadelphia at home against the Oakland Raiders. Philadelphia, nine-point favorites, as you just mentioned. And uh, what I'd be worried about as, as the Oakland Raiders is this. Philly fan is a crazy nut bar. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you that the, the day it snowed in Philadelphia in November... There was like a couple guys that you know are sitting by the visitor players tunnel that went outside and they packed a bunch of snowballs. With batteries in them. And they put them in their freezer. And then every day they put a glaze of water around that so that it got nice and hard. And you know when Oakland is going out to the field or they're coming in for the half that they are Mm going to be pelted by uh, just some bruising ice slash snowballs. Uh, Philly yeah. fan is merciless. Well, F- Philly fan makes Raider fans seem like I don't know. I don't even know what to compare it to. Yeah, like Oakland's got the black hole. They're kind of menacing. Philadelphia, yeah, you'll get stabbed for wearing the other team's jersey. <laughs> well, I mean, Raider fan is unique. Raider fan is different. But yeah, um, Eagle fan is crazy, yeah. like batshit crazy. So you've got that. You've got the fact that it's December. It's cold. Oakland's coming. Oakland's technically still alive for a playoff spot. Um, technically. Philly, Philly can clinch a first round by uh, if they win this week. But here's what's interesting, and obviously w- we won't know, but if Minnesota actually loses in Lambeau, um, Philly clinches that spot. Yep. They, they, they clinch that spot um, for, the, for the top seed. So... In that instance, are they going to be starting their starters, or at least are they going to be keeping them in the game for four quarters? We don't know that. Um, when I took a quick look at this spread, it was like, oh, that's the Eagles, right? And a lot of public money on the Eagles. They, I don't know how they didn't cover. I don't know how they didn't cover the spread uh, playing the Giants last week. Yeah, but their defense allowed twenty nine points. Yeah. Right, and that was too. Well, I think I think I, text, I think I text you. Yeah. Uh, after the first quarter, going like, did Billy's defense decide to just take the rest of the year off since their quarterback got injured? Well, I mean, because Foles, Foles lit the fucking game right up. Well, I think he had four touchdown passes, and you know, every every team's entitled to a, a hiccup here and there. So their defense, all right, Eli Manning, the guy's got two Super Bowl rings. He throws four hundred yards plus on us, but. Um, you know, Oakland, I don't know. I just kind of just, just smells fishy. I don't think they, I just think that they can do a, like a backdoor cover here. And I know that everyone's on the Eagles, but like if, if the Eagles get up by a touchdown or whatever, are they, are they going to put their foot on the gas? I, you would think so, but I don't know. I just think that this Oakland team could be sneaky on the road. Sneaky. Um, I'm probably going to go against what most people would agree is the right side, but I'm going to go with the Raiders on this one. 
You know, I'm going to go with the Raiders as well because, like you said, uh, the backdoor cover, and that's one other thing I know about Philly fan is they love it in the back door. <laughs> don't tell them that. Yeah, I know. I don't want to get stabbed. Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode 16 of Almost Wise Guys, our Christmas extravaganza. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 16 games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Have yourself a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Get out and pick yourself a winner. Merry Christmas to all. Tune in next week at the same bed time on the same bed channel. Sayonara. Out of all the reindeers, you know you're the mastermind. Run, run, Rudolph. Randolph ain't too far behind. Run, run, Rudolph. Santa's gotta make it to town. Santa make him hurry, tell him he can take the freeway down. Really?